0: You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. You're listening to The Overflow with MC Brooks on GGR Pirate Radio. So we got a fly ball, center field deep. Bellinger going back to the warning track, to the wall. It's a grand slam. Howie Kendrick with a grand slam here in the 10th inning of Game 5. The Nationals 7, the Dodgers 3. Do you believe it? Pull the lever, Wrong lever! Yeah. Yeah. Welcome, welcome, gone. welcome back everyone to a brand new episode of The Overflow with MC Brooks here on the GGR Podcast Network. I'm your host MC Brooks. And I'm feeling much better. My voice feels a lot better. My energy is a lot better, which is kind of surprising after the weekend I had. Uh, but I'm going to talk about that in just a second. But before I get into that, I want to make sure you all go to greatgeekrefuge.com where you can find earlier episodes of this podcast as well as several of our other podcasts. Also, make sure you're going to follow us on all of our social media with Great Geek Refuge on Twitter, on Instagram. On Facebook, where we have an active Facebook community, and if you'd like to support us directly, we also have a Patreon, which actually gets you access to some really cool uh, perks. So make sure you go check us out on all of that as well. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit about what happened this past weekend, right? Otakon was this past weekend, and uh, for me, this marked my seventeenth convention, if I if my math is correctly. From 2005 to now, have not missed a year of Oticon. have been with it since the early days, or since my early, my younger days, to now. And it's still a staple in my life, and it's still a convention that I make sure to make time for every year. Whether I, you know, have stuff going on or not, I generally mark it off on the calendar. And since I haven't missed a year, you, like, you know I take it serious. And... Especially the two, the last two years in particular have been special because I've been, I've gotten the privilege of, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I've gotten the privilege of being able to go to Otakon as a member of the press and cover the convention as a member of the press, which has been really dope and really, really awesome to say the least. Um, so I'm gonna talk a little bit about kind of the convention overall, the vibes. Uh, stuff that I saw that was there and kind of just like my, my overall thoughts on, on everything in particular. So as I mentioned before, Otakon is a very special convention to me, which is why I've been going for so many years. And this year kind of proved to be just like every other year in that regard. I was looking forward to it and I was not disappointed once I finally got inside to uh, you know get my badge and actually get into the convention itself. So actually, let me start there because that was kind of like a big thing over the course of the weekend in general, which was trying to get into the convention center was awful. It was awful. Um, yeah, if you weren't a member of the staff or the press, like the chances are you had to wait in one of those two really, really long lines to get in on Friday and Saturday. And Saturday is was especially bad, which makes sense because Saturday's tend to be the more the most popular day for any convention. Uh, it's the day where generally people don't have to work and people who make it day passes get an opportunity to go and just check it out for just that day. But Line Con this year was, was especially terrible. There were I heard people saying that they waited two hours Uh, Trying to get in uh, trying to get into the convention. Some people were waiting four hours uh, In line to 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 get in and get their badge and get to the convention. It's kind of crazy to to think about that Namely because you would think that there would be kind of Things in place that would help you know any convention kind of navigate large crowds like that now from a safety perspective I can understand also you know, making sure that they, you limit the amount of entrances, uh, you know, getting into the convention so that you can make sure that, you know, pe- no one's trying to sneak in anything illegal or something that could potentially be harmful to a to a large group of people, which is, so, so I get that. But I even with that, I feel like just those kind of wait times are really, really ridiculous. And I really think that they just weren't prepared for how many people actually came out. If I remember correctly, I believe I saw something saying that, or I think it may have been the official Oticon Twitter that tweeted out that this year in particular broke you know attendance records for Otakon, which makes sense because it definitely felt that way, especially since it's moved to Washington, D.C. from Baltimore. Because I remember how bad the Lion Con used to be in Baltimore. Sometimes you'd be wrapped around twice over, uh, for some people, you might be there all day. Uh, your your hopes was always to, to get there. If you're not gonna get there early, then get there, you know, with and find a friend or someone you know who's in line who you can get in, and that way you don't have as long of a wait time to get in and get to where the uh, where where your badge pickup was. Um, so yeah, like that line con was really really bad this year. But they really did feel like this was a much larger attendance-wise convention than had been than it had been previously. First couple of years that Odecon was in was in DC, it felt kind of empty, and I think part part of that you could blame on the fact that you know a lot of people didn't come when it made the transition from Baltimore to DC, which is you know understandable. Uh, two, you can also blame it on the fact that the DC Convention Center is a larger venue. And so I feel like with the extra space, even with there being so many people, it looked and felt empty just because they, it was better suited to actually handle the much larger population uh, that was coming. So we're in Baltimore. You know, it, it, it just seems like it's going to be packed and there's, you just have no chance. Uh, in D.C., spaced out, you know, you, you kind of don't really worry that much about crowds, or at least you didn't really worry about crowds or, like, being shoulder to shoulder or really up against people uh, because it was way, way, way more spaced out. But this year was definitely different kind of in that regard simply because the attendance was just over 9,000. I mean, it was very much over 9,000. If I remember, the final number for the attendance was over 40K, which is a crazy, crazy amount of people. Um, but it does let me know that for one, there's still an interest in coming to Otakon, which is great because I do think this is a really good convention. And two, uh, it you know Otakon, I know Otakon almost went under you know over the course of the pandemic. So because of that, this you know continues to ensure that they'll be able to keep doing these events as well because people are still coming, which is which is also equally as great. So I'm, I'm very happy about that. I do think Oticon is, is special and significant and deserves to be around. I, I think it is. It, it does a lot of good. And, you know, there were people I ran into who I saw this weekend who, like myself, Oticon was the first convention that they went to when they were younger, you know, when we were teenagers. And they're happy to see it thriving all of these years later, even with some of the issues around attendance. I do hope for next year, though that they do a better job of kind of navigating entry into the convention. Because even when it it wasn't registration or pre-registration, it was just you already had your badge and your wristband and you just needed to get in. Even with that, there ended up being a really long line, which was kind of crazy to me because I was unsure of why is it taking so long to check you know, a badge and a wristband for, you know, to let people in. Um, so, and and even the one time I did go in that way, it didn't seem like there was really anything to impede it. So I was, I found all of that really, really confusing. Um, so I do hope that that changes next year. I do hope also next year that they find some way to separate registration from pre-registration lines. I really feel like keeping all of that in one line really does a disservice to the people who pre-registered and just need to pick up their badge as opposed to people who waited until the weekend to actually do it like i know for some people you may have the option to have your badges mailed to you but even if you don't do that and you show up just to uh just to uh, pick up your badge, it shouldn't, you shouldn't have to wait in the same line as other people. I think that's a little bit unfair. So I do hope that, that changes, um, uh, for next year because you know, that, that was just a whole, whole, lot. But, um, let's, let's transition on a little bit I'm actually talking about the convention itself. So I got down to, uh, the convention, I want to say around nine o'clock Friday. And because I'm a member of the press, fortunately I was able to skip the line. So I was able to go to make it in and get to some of the other pan- some of the early panels that I know that I wanted to go to. Uh, there I had several things that I, that I made sure I wanted to do. Most of them were on Friday, but they were definitely there over the course of the entire weekend, which is also something I can give Oticon a lot of credit for, which is there's always a nice diversity within the types of panels that they offer. Um, so that makes it a little bit it makes it better in many ways in terms of uh, what kind of content you want to engage with. You can really do a better job of crafting and shaping your convention experience because there is so much for you to do, and you have a lot of options depending on how you like to navigate these types of conventions. So, like the first thing I ended up went to because I'm a music geek myself, um, I went to a panel on City Pop on Friday, which I found really dope and really informative. Like even with you know my my interest in it kind of uh, kind of only really beginning in the last year or two, uh, it only as far as like as like knowing specific you know artists and song titles and having a playlist that I now go to very regularly to listen to this type of music, uh, but I had heard I had heard of it before, especially as someone who grew up with a lot of who grew up on a lot of eighties and nineties and early two thousands anime, like. You hear these songs, you know, uh, you know, associated with you know openings and endings for that. So it was cool. But the panel ended up being really informative, and I definitely jotted down uh, names of so many different artists who were great. Some of us, some of them are still here. Some of them are unfortunately uh, here no longer. But it was really dope, and it was also good to get a, a bunch of information as far as like where it is now and like why it's seeing a, a, a modern resurgence. And even with that being said, the fact that there are modern artists who are making city pop now, um, which is really dope. I personally didn't know that, you know, and one of the things I think that was a big takeaway from that panel in particular was talking about the fact that the appeal of it for so many people is the fact that it's a sound that we're familiar with, well, that many of us are familiar with. If you grew up in America, it's a sound that you're largely familiar with, but there's a new take on it as well. Uh, be it the language or just the uh, the spots where you can tell that it was inspired by Japan and the experiences of being you know over there as opposed to here, which is uh, which is really cool. It was a great panel. I, I learned I learned a lot. The next panel I ended up going to was one about death and the afterlife in anime, uh, which was. Particularly fascinating as someone who like used to study religions and like to learn about um, different relig- uh, different types of faiths and and all about origin stories and creation myths and all that different stuff. Like, I I love learning about that kind of stuff. So it was really it was a good panel that kind of talked about that and the ways that uh, death and afterlife are depicted in anime and kind of like the inspirations that the, the inspirations that it pulls from. ...as far as uh, traditionally held beliefs in that part of the world. Um, I found that to be just incredibly, incredibly, incredibly fascinating. Um, and in addition to that, um, I went to a, a million photo shoots over the course of the weekend. Um, <laughs> and you can see all of the photos I took if you go to the Greek Geek Refuge website. Or if you're listening on the website, they'll be posted on the on this podcast page but right underneath the player for this podcast in particular. I took nearly 400 pictures. Not all of them are going to make it because some of them are you know blurry, or quality ended up not being good, or they're duplicates of similar photos. But please make sure you go check them out. Because I had a great time at all of the photo shoots that I went to. Uh, whether it's the Tales of, whether it was the Modica Magica one, the Sailor Moon one, the Pokemon one, the One Piece one, which was really wild. Uh, <laughs> the Avatar ones, uh, the My Hero one. Like there was the Demon Slayer one. Even one for, uh, I don't want to butcher the name. I think it's called Dan May. Uh, that a, a friend of mine wanted to go to, so I, you know, I uh, went with her to go see it. Mainly because I felt like one, I can learn about what it is, but two, I can also get some some photos, some diversity, and like get photos of things that I'm unfamiliar with, but I can uh, learn a little bit more about. And to be honest. Uh, having watched uh, episode one of the anime that came out of the book series that that photo shoot was based on, I will probably be talking about it in a future uh, podcast at some point. Um, but it has three seasons, and I want to make sure I get through everything before I go ahead and, and, and take care of that. So, But even with that being said, the photo shoots were great. The panels this year were were. were There were just so many good ones, so many fascinating ones, so many interactive ones, so many fun ones, Um, just stuff over the course of the like there was no shortage of entertainment as far as finding things to go do at the convention. And honestly, that's kind of the best way to be. You know, like so many times at conventions, I find myself going in and I find like there are gaps where I want to just go take breaks or where I can take a break. So I go decide to go take a break. But with kind, in particular, that ended up not really being the case. You know, I, I there were so many things that I wanted to go do, so many parts of the convention center that were unexplored for me um, that I just kind of found myself always finding something to go do, you know, when, when I would get there in the morning was very different. Um, I, I would get there in the morning and then I would just be there until the evening time when I would you know then go get food and leave you know which was which was great and, and, and then even coming back for some of the nighttime stuff which I'm going to talk about in a, in a bit um, but I just thought I just thought like that that is really credit to the Odecon staff and the Odecon crew for, for for bringing in so many different types of panels. And, uh, you know, allowing so many different people to share their information or to just, you know, weave out with all of us who are there. I mean, that's that's also the great thing about it is, you know, we're all there to have fun. We're all there to have a, to have a good time. And, you know, I, while I, you know, I, I'm not, I'm, I won't say that it didn't happen, but we know, you know, that gatekeeping, you know, can sometimes happen at these types of things. And I didn't really witness it. I kind of really enjoyed seeing people really geek out. Um, over, you know, with other people, be it strangers, acquaintances or friends over, you know, just being there and their shared interests and in things. I, I thought that was great. It's one of the things that I, I very, very much enjoy about Odicon in particular. Now, uh, dealer's room, dealer's room, dealer's room, dealer's room. I didn't get to explore the dealer's room as much as I wanted to. And it was partially because I was helping a friend kind of look Excuse me. Look for a particular stand, which we eventually discovered was in the artist alley and not the dealer's room. But what I did see of the dealer's room was really cool. Um, I saw some some older venue, uh, older ven, <laughs> vendors. Excuse me, but also some more recent vendors uh, or some newer vendors as well. And I saw that High Dive uh, had a booth this year, which was cool because I I'm happy to see that they are still doing well. That they are still, um, or that they're growing. I guess is kind of a better, better way to put it. Um, you know, I, I learned about High Dive over the course of the pandemic, and it wasn't a large app that a lot of people really knew about. But slowly but surely, they're starting to get more exclusives, and they're starting to get more, uh, more stuff that you can't really find on uh, Funimation or Crunchyroll or anything like that. And I think that's really dope. So um, that was kind of cool to see. But yeah, just walking through the dealers room, you know, like everything was kind of spaced out, kind of, kind of awesomely. Like you say there were some really cool vendors uh, that were in there. Some people who were making like different, uh, different types of like prop weapons. Uh, obviously, shirt and hat vendors, uh, stuff, uh, some like uh, Japanese exclusives, like uh, certain versions of a DVD or game or something like that uh obviously you had stuff that was selling like cds and merch for like different j-pop and k-pop even some k-pop bands uh that were um that were there i just thought that was that was also that was just it was really cool like i i didn't spend any money in there because i had to be restrained Uh, anyone who knows me knows that i have a i have a habit with prints you know what i'm saying i have a habit with with buying prints um, and Lord knows, I do not have the room for prints of any kind in this room of mine. So, uh, yeah, no more of that. <laughs> but yeah, the deal's room was was really was uh, was really nice. I do want to do a better job of kind of exploring that last year. I will say, I, I wish they had done one of the things I wish the convention had you know did do was do a better job of really exploring um, or really like making. Note of the fact that that's where some food vendors were because, uh, you know, w- with the with the lines being with the line situation being what it was and it being so difficult to get into the convention. And so it made you really hesitant to leave because you didn't know if you were going to have to wait in that super long line, regardless of whether you had your badge or not, to get back in. But I think they could have done a better job of really highlighting the fact that they had like food, they had more food vendors in there, uh, you know, sushi and different bowls, a sub place. Uh, There's an ice cream place, uh, a high ice cream joint in there. Not to mention on the top floor next to the, the game room, they, uh, you know, they redid it because I don't remember there being a Ben's Chili Bowl when I was there last year, but it's the one there now. And uh, I, so I, I feel like they could have done a better job of just doing stuff like that. The the, the one thing you can definitely give Otakon credit for that it, I don't think is always true for every convention is they were definitely good to get the, the to get the right type of food vendors that, you know, should and would make a killing at these kinds of events. Like if you're going to be selling ramen or poke bowls or sushi or just other Asian inspired, you know, dishes, then like, yeah makes sense to be there but I do I think they should have like broadcast a little bit more so that you know people knew because we were definitely walking around like wondering if there were any food options in there until we just happened to go into the back corner of the dealer's room to actually uh, to actually find it but all in all dealers room was, was really nice same with the artist alley artist alley always blows me away every year uh, because even even though I'm a creative, Cause there was one. There was a time when I thought I was gonna be able to draw and create <laughs> stuff, and my you know my creativity more manifested into you know doing this and radio and obviously making making music as well. Um, but just there were so many different types of uh, artists that were in there. People who you know made jewelry or, or made bags or they drew they had like or they offered prints or 3d prints and then you know obviously everyone has different art styles too so you had stuff that was you know kind of more anime inspired stuff that was not very anime inspired but was still uh you know still a different drawing style that stuff like that i like and i think is is really cool and so that was also really really uh really really nice to see even going through where they had the the stuff that was being auctioned off or uh, stuff that you could just buy like, uh, we, <laughs> me and my friends actually ended up having really good conversation because we saw, we passed by, like, some of the, uh, anime-inspired shoes, in which it was like, well, you know, like, you, like, you want to wear them, but you also don't want to, like, ruin them, and <laughs> get them dirty, so it's also like, uh, like, what would you even do? Like, it, it almost kind of defeats the purpose of, you know, buying them if you would ever get them, because... Like, when would you wear them? And then on top of that, there's something called, uh, I forget what they called it, like rubber rot or something like that. Um, in which, like, when you don't use rubber after a certain amount of time, you know, after a period of time, like, it just disintegrates and becomes unusable, you know? So, don't want that to happen just because you have shoes, these pair of shoes you've been holding on for forever. But they did call that into question. But, but like, that aside, like, I, I did think that like the, the, all the shoe designs were really dope. There's definitely a pair of uh, Zoro shoes and one for Bakugo that, yeah, if I, I mean, if I had the funds, I absolutely might have, might have looked into purchasing those to be, to be honest, if I'm being fair. Um, But yeah, like just all all the different stuff they had in there was, 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 uh, was really cool. Um, Yeah, I I, I had a great time in the, in the artist salad, definitely, uh, you know, appreciated a lot of stuff that i I saw in there and hope all those vendors kind of um kind of uh you know made their made their deposit back because they definitely did that with uh with all their respective works and speaking of uh respective works also cosplaying this year was amazing there were so many really dope cosplays that we saw there was a great panel on diversity and cosplay that i went to on friday with uh chibi tifa shout out to shout out to them i don't know what their pronouns are but shout out to chibi tifa uh who was awesome did a wonderful job with the panel uh on friday i learned i mean i won't say i learned a lot but i enjoyed listening to their um them talking about their experiences as you know cosplayer and they've been going to conventions for as long as i've been going to conventions too which was also kind of like a, a point of relatability because i was like oh yeah we both have teeth in this game like there was stuff that they were referencing that I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I remember that. <laughs> but as I was saying, just the cosplays this year were, were just awesome. There were some really, really good ones. I tried to get as many photos as I, as I could. So, again, there's another plug to go check out the photos on this, uh, you know, on the Greek refugee Refuge website under the Oticon 2022 recap. Cause that's where you'll be able to really see everything, and there's a lot to go through, a lot to go towards. So big shout out to all the all the cosplayers who were, who were there. I think, uh, just overall, like Otakon was a really wonderful experience. The Masquerade was great. I didn't stay for the entire thing, but what I saw of it was great, and it just goes to show that there are so many different ways to be a nerd and be a geek and to express yourself through your fandom, but not only just through your fandom, but through your own respective talents, too. That's kind of the great thing that I love about attending Otakon, and just about attending conventions in general, but I want to specifically note Otakon because it's the convention that I go to every year, and, you know, you don't always hear great things about other conventions during other times of the year, but for me, Otakon has always been this haven, Um, That's just kind of been really awesome and it's something that I look forward to and make sure I look forward to attending every single year. And I do think it's because so many of the people attending uh, try to put that care into making the convention space that for so many different types of people. And, you know, again, it's not a perfect convention. They can obviously improve in, in a ton of different areas for sure. Uh, most notably with like Linecon and with some other things as well, but overall it's it's a it's a great convention and I do think that it's a good entry point convention if you are uh, if you've been to smaller conventions but you want to check out you know a larger one Oticon can definitely be a good gateway for for that in particular. Uh, I had a great I had a blast this year. I am gonna look favorably upon this weekend in particular just because i really enjoyed i I just really had a great time there and there were just so many different things that i experienced the weekend i did a lot of walking between I was over forty thousand steps for both friday and saturday not as many on sunday uh, but i was already past 40k at that point um but yeah like i I did a lot of walking and it was it was just overall really great I i had a really great time i really cannot wait to Go back next year. You know, if, if anyone from Odacon is listening uh, to this, you know, again, just want to thank you all for the opportunity to come and cover the convention. I will be back next year. I will uh, be bringing some more people from GGR with me, uh, hopefully. And, uh, you know, hopefully if there's any way that I can contribute and, you know, make the convention better, because I have been thinking about doing a panel. Not, Not entirely sure just yet, but that's neither here nor there. Otakon 2022 was a success. 40,000 people were there. And it felt like it at times. Uh, hopefully there can be something done to address LineCon for next year. And oh, oh, actually one other thing too. I also want to give a shout out to Otakon too for keep having the mask and vaccine mandate. I really didn't think that many people were going to come this year because of the enforcement of that. And it made me very happy, one, to, one, that they were enforcing that, and I say that as someone who is immunocompromised, but also in addition to that, the fact that everyone who was there were also adhering to it. I didn't catch anyone just walking around without a mask on. Um, or just pulling their mask down whenever they wanted to talk or, or say something or whatever the case may be. I do think that that is a testament to the leadership that runs Oticon, but also to the community that attended Oticon and wanted to make sure that it was a safe and fun environment for everyone and that everyone would get an opportunity to enjoy this convention. And hopefully uh, make it home or wherever they were going afterwards safely, having not having you know done done their job to protect themselves and others from the pandemic that we are unfortunately still in. We are still in the pandemic. But all that being said, I really enjoyed Oticon this year. I really do look forward to going back next year. And uh, you know, if you're listening, I also encourage you to to go back next year too. Uh, oh, they brought the rave back this year, which was awesome. And actually, big shout out to DJ Awesomeness Prime, who DJed the rave on uh, on Saturday. was was incredible. There were some other DJs who were there also, but I'm, I'm like blanking on names right now, which is probably not <laughs> the best thing. But I'm blanking on them. But yeah, the um, shout out to them for bringing the rave back. The rave was awesome. Uh, it was kind of hard to shuffle and like dance on carpet. So like, I know like. If I'm going to do that, I probably would have just been in my socks. But even with that being said, the uh, the rave was lit. It was really fun, and it looked like everyone was having a great time. They were playing all of all of the all of the uh, you know type of music you like to hear, a lot of EDM, a lot of a, a lot of subgenres of EDM, a, a lot of house, drum and bass, dubstep, uh, mashups of both, mashups of those with popular music. It was it was absolutely vibe. And also in addition to that, I also want to shout out uh, uh Plus Ultra Entertainment who threw an after party on Friday at um what's it called? At Penn Social, uh, which was awesome, had a great time there, enjoyed seeing so many people in their cosplays or in just there in their nerd-inspired fits. So big shout out to Plus Ultra Entertainment because they are awesome at what they do. They do all sorts of really great events. And if they're doing if if you see them doing something near you, you should absolutely go because it's going to be a great time for people who know how to make sure they put on an event where you can go and have a great time. In addition to that, Sonic Boombox through had their own party on Saturday as well. I stopped I did stop by there for a bit. I had a great time there. Shout out to the DJ that was playing Yo Asobi cuz I I love them. <laughs> I love them. I've been I've been listening to both of their projects from last year with quite with with some regularity. Uh, but yeah, shout out to them for playing that and playing a bunch of other anime OPs and endings and and whatnot. And that was just dope. Sonic Boombox's event was also really fun. It was definitely a vibe. Whether you wanted to dance, whether you wanted to play pool, uh, whether you just wanted to hang out and kick it and just be around some other weebs without feeling the pressure to have to dance. Yes, that that was also that was awesome as well. So, uh, big shout out to Sonic Boombox. In addition to Plus Ultra Entertainment. If you see them doing events near you, make sure you go because yeah, they are definitely a good time. So yeah, it's, I, I had to make sure that I I, I definitely uh, threw that in kind of at the end here. But I've kind of said everything I needed to say here. Odacom um, is great. Big shout out to everyone who went to making that event a you know giant success. Uh, shout out to everyone who attended. Thank you for making, to for making it safe by wearing your masks and protecting yourselves and. All that good stuff. I hope to see a lot of you all next year at Olicon 2023. So that being said, I'm your boy, MC Brooks. Make sure you go to greatgeekrefuge.com where you can find earlier episodes of this podcast as well as episodes of our other podcasts. Make sure you are following Great Geek Refuge on all social media. We're Great Geek Refuge on Twitter, on Instagram, and Facebook. We have an active Facebook community. And if you'd like to support us monetarily, we are also on Patreon, which you know gets you access to some really, really, really cool perks. So with that being said, I will catch you all on the flip side. Peace out. This has been Pirate Radio Network Production Juice Bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy.